This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's another episode of our series, The ABCs of Biodiversity, a series where we explore how biodiversity loss is our loss. And on today's episode, we're going to celebrate World Turtle Day. So observed annually on the 23rd of May today, the celebration aims to promote the protection of turtles and tortoises around the world and also highlight their disappearing habitat. So joining me today is the lovely Dr. Chen Pelfniok. She's the co-founder of of the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia and she's joining us to give a 101 on Malaysia's freshwater turtles, in particular river terrapins and to share more about the community-based river terrapin conservation projects that TCS are spearheading and how it's helping to restore depleted wild turtle populations of freshwater turtles in the country. Welcome Pelf, how are you today? Hello, Juliet. I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on the show. Hey, always a pleasure. I'm very well, thank you. And it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. So, of course, you're no stranger to Earth Matters. Um, And, you know, just to remind our listeners, you are, of course, a freshwater turtle researcher. You're a conservationist. And your research interests are the biology and ecology of the river terrapins, right? And just remind us, you know, that's a rather rare species of freshwater turtles, right? Only found in a few places in the world. Yes, Juliet, um, the river terrapins is a very rare species and they are only found in three countries. You know, compared to green turtles, for example, something that um, most people are more uh, uh, familiar with, uh, green turtles are found in more than 80 countries in the world. But the river terrapins are only found in three countries, so very rare. And these three countries are Thailand, Cambodia and Malaysia. Okay. And it was, um, I mean, you were doing research when you realised that these terrapins were actually um, right here in, in about where you are, right, in Trungano. Tell me a little bit about how you discovered it. Oh, I, I totally did not discover the uh, yeah. species. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was my uh, former supervisor, a professor in the university. She spearheaded a river terrapin uh, conservation project in Sertiu uh, more than a decade ago. Mm. And at that time, I had just finished my uh, bachelor's degree. And then uh, I approached uh, this uh, professor and I asked her for a job. (laughs) So she then hired me as a research assistant. And then I started helping her with this river therapy and conservation project. And then uh, as time passed by, I developed a master's project out of this uh, therapy and conservation project. And that was uh, how I got started working with the river terrapins. Okay, and what can you tell us about the river terrapins? I mean, uh, are they endangered? You know, what is special about them? What is the ecology of these river terrapins? Well, river terrapins are critically endangered. Um, they are just one step before they become extinct in the wild. Um, in Malaysia, they are only found in Peninsular Malaysia. They're not found on Borneo. Uh, they are found in three states, uh, and these states are Kedah, Perak, and Trangganu. They have a very long maturation age which means they take up to 20 years to achieve sexual maturity before they can return to lay eggs. It's two decades, very long, right? And um, also comparing with green turtles, uh, green turtles lay about 100 eggs each time and they lay multiple times in in a season, in a year. But uh, these river terrapins, they lay about 25 to 35 eggs each time Mm -hmm. and only once in a year. So their productivity is really, really low. 
Okay. We don't get a lot of eggs every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. but oh, similar to, to, to some species of uh, turtles, um, these river terrapins, the gender of the hatchlings, the babies, which we call the hatchlings, mm-hmm. the gender is determined by uh, the incubation temperature. So if we incubate the eggs in uh, uh, under the hot sun, for example, exposed to the elements, uh, these eggs will produce female hatchlings. Oh, and if we and if we uh, incubate the eggs in a styrofoam box in a shaded area like in our car porch, um, then these eggs will hatch to become male terrapins. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's very okay. interesting. And one 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 nice way, one easy way to remember this is mm-hmm. um hot babes, cool guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> higher temperatures produce females. Lower temperatures produce males. Okay, excellent. And and you mentioned that we're they're one step away. I mean, they're critically endangered, right? So one step away from um, um extinct in the wild. Extinct in the wild before, and then the final one, of course, is extinct, extinction. Right? Right. Yes. yes. Okay. So they are all right. And what is causing their decline exactly? Um, ma- many factors. Yeah, you know, we cannot just pinpoint to one factor and say, mm-hmm. oh, this is the one that caused them to become uh, extinct, or sure, you know. Yeah. Um, but many factors putting a lot of pressure onto current populations. Uh, for example, the collection of terrapin eggs for consumption. This has happened for so many decades, and it is really not sustainable. Imagine they lay only twenty-five to thirty-five eggs, mm-hmm. and all these eggs are being eaten, right? Collected as food. Yeah. Uh, so 20 years later, who's going to hatch, right? These hatchlings, they're not going to hatch from rocks. They're going to hatch from eggs, right? So that, that is one. Um, sometimes uh, local local villagers, local fishermen, they go to fish in the river, which is not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. But they put in nets in the river and they don't check them frequently. And these terrapins sweep up and down the river. Sometimes they get caught. And sometimes when they get caught, uh, they cannot surface for air. So they drown. Mm. So that is another factor. Um, sand mining um, uh, activities in, in the river. For example, um, sand is mined from rivers uh, for construction of new highways, new roads, new buildings. Yeah. These sand mining operations drastically change uh, the dynamics of the river. They also completely destroy the nesting banks that the terrapins need to lay eggs. Mm. So without these nesting banks, these terrapins will eventually have to lay eggs in the river. And these eggs that are dropped in the river will not hatch. Right. 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 So it's it's a chain of events. It's a lot of pressure that we are putting onto the terrapins, mostly man-made. Yeah. All right. And okay, so those are the sort of all the different factors contributing. Maybe, I mean, since this is a series about how biodiversity loss is our loss, right? Maybe you can help explain their role in the ecosystem and what happens when, you know, the numbers decline and they they are removed from the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Right. So imagine this. Um, River terrapins, they plant their own fruit. They grow their own food. So Mm. they are amazing seed dispersers. So they typically feed on mangrove fruits, mangrove leaves, mangrove shoots that fall onto the river. And when they defecate, these seeds are planted along the rivers. So that means we don't have to organize mangrove planting every month, right? (laughs) Right. Because these terrapins grow their own food. So imagine if the terrapins are no longer around, who is going to plant these mangroves along the rivers? Right. And we're not we're not even I don't even have to tell you, you know, how important mangroves are, mangrove trees are. They are a sanctuary for small fishes, they prevent erosion, 
but uh, the river terrapins, they are doing this for us. But that's not something we see, right? Because yeah. we are so privileged. We live in the cities. We don't live by the river. We don't see these things happening. But that, that's one of their uh, major contribution to the ecosystem. Okay. And um, but besides that, uh, river terrapins also help us clean our rivers. Not, not by picking up trash, but they help clean our rivers by um, eating up dead animal material uh, at the bottom of the rivers. For example, dead snails. So they clean this river, they eat all these dead snails up, so the river is clean for our fishes and for our prawns, which we eat eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. And well, naturally, uh, river terrapin eggs that are laid on the riverbank, these eggs also provide a source of uh, important uh, source of food and protein for other wildlife, uh, such as wild boars, monitor lizards, wild dogs. Well, it's just that um, the population is declining so drastically, we uh, are unable to uh, let these eggs incubate uh, in the riverbank. That is why we collect them and bring them back to the village for uh, incubation. Okay, and I remember speaking to you about this before. Um, the presence of invasive species, that's also a threat to their numbers. Am I correct in saying that? Um, not not so much invasive species. Uh, mm -hmm. invasive species like red ear sliders. Uh, but ah, yes. but yeah, but if we do not relieve red ear sliders, uh, turtles that we can buy from the pet shop into the rivers, then mm -hmm. uh, it is not a problem, right? Okay. Yes. Uh, the problem arises when we release red ear sliders into a closed environment like a pond, like a lake, mm -hmm. where these turtles have nowhere to go to. Nowhere else to go to. to. Go to right, uh -huh. right, right. But the river is so long, so wide, right? Mm -hmm. They can swim away when they see uh, other turtles <laughs> that they don't like. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, excellent. Um, so, okay, so the numbers are in decline. Um, let's just go for one quick break, Pelf. When we come back, let's talk about how, you know, the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia came about and how you are working to uh, conserve uh, freshwater turtles here in Malaysia. I'm speaking to Dr. Chen Pelf Nyong. She's the co-founder of the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia. It's another episode of the ABCs of Biodiversity. It's World Turtle Day, so we're celebrating river terrapins uh, on the show today. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's another episode of the ABCs of Biodiversity, a series where we explore how biodiversity loss is our loss. And today we are celebrating World Turtle Day. It's observed annually on the 23rd of May. And, you know, it was also International Day for Biological Diversity just yesterday. And today we're focusing on river terrapins. Joining me to share more about this is Dr. Chen Pelfnyong. She's the co-founder of the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia. And of course, Pelfnyong, you know, as you mentioned earlier, TCS was founded in 2011. It's dedicated to freshwater turtle conservation in Malaysia. Why was there a need to set up the society, um, I suppose, to, to carry out your work? Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the organization's vision and mission. Right. Um, well, 11 years ago, in 2011, um, so my, my former supervisor, uh, my research uh, advisor, mm -hmm. uh, and I decided to um, establish a non-profit organization to focus on freshwater turtles in Malaysia, uh, in particular the river terrapins. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, uh, besides the Department of Wildlife and National Parks, which is our perhilitan, uh, there were no other agencies or projects or uh, NGOs in the country that um, were working to help save freshwater turtles from extinction. Mm -hmm. 
So we established a TCS, Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia, to fill this gap. So we want to work with Perhilitan to uh, protect and conserve uh, the river terrapins. And we want to do more than just uh, research and conservation. Mm -hmm. We want to reach out to school students, especially kids who live uh, along the rivers. We want to reach out to the general public, people who live in the Klang Valley, uh, people who don't live along the rivers. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they do not know that river terrapins exist. So we want to do more than just collecting terrapin eggs, incubating them, and releasing these uh, hatchlings. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, your work has expanded so much, right? From just turtle research and conservation, you do community-based conservation, you work on volunteerism, edutourism, fundraising, my goodness, women empowerment. Um, tell me how, you know, the work has actually expanded uh, beyond just, you know, scientific work, I suppose. <laughs> You are like Tuntung, right? Is that what they call you? <laughs> right, yeah, they call me that. But when I went to school 30 years ago, I totally did not see myself doing any of this. <laughs> I, I, I stayed in school for so long because mm. I wanted to do science, because mm. I was very interested in science. I still am. But uh, over the past 10, 11 years, I've seen my roles change. So from being a research assistant, I moved on to becoming a scientist, right? And then, um, and then I co-founded the NGO, <laughs> and then I became a manager, and then I became a teacher. I went to school and teach kids about turtle conservation, and then I became an entrepreneur. And uh, part of my job now also involves uh, product development <laughs> uh, as well as um, marketing, branding. They don't teach this in my marine biology course. <laughs> yeah, oh, so I don't dear. know how I got here. <laughs> I think the stars were aligned. Like, this is exactly what all the scientists I speak to tell me that, you know, it cannot just, it has to be across all sorts of different specialities and, and, and you know, uh, job scopes and everything, right? So many different things come into play when it comes to the yes. conversation about conservation, isn't it? Yes, yes. So, you know, conservation is not just about the species or the ecosystem we want to, to protect and conserve. Mm -hmm. It is also very much about the people whether there are people living in those ecosystems or the people who may affect the sustainability of our conservation projects. Yeah. yeah, so that's something I learned in the past years. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, we've spoken about it before, but uh, that is a, a core part of your work, isn't it? Engaging with the community, uh, gaining their trust and, and you know, eventually working together uh, for these conservation efforts, right? Right. Well, it, it should be the way for many um, uh, conservation projects. It just happens that uh, we started like this because uh, right from the beginning, I, I noticed that um, it was better uh, for us, for the conservation project, uh, if we had started um, working with the local villagers instead mm. of um, us telling them what to do. Because yeah. uh, when I started this uh, conservation project in Kemaman 10, 11 years ago, mm -hmm. um, I was fresh out of graduate school. And these local villagers who have been collecting river therapy eggs for decades, they certainly had more experience <laughs> than a fresh graduate from, you know, from a university, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, so we started with uh, initiating a community-based uh, therapy and conservation project where we work with the local villagers. Uh, we, we discussed with them uh, many aspects of our conservation as, uh, work, including where we should camp out, what do the therapists do when they emerge from the riverbank, can we go near them now or shall we wait until they are done laying their eggs? How do we know they're done when they are done laying their eggs? Yeah. yeah, so these are things that we talked about, you know, in the first few years of this project in the campsite quietly while the therapists are nesting on the nesting banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. but um, that, that is just us involving the local men, right? Okay. But um, we cannot just work with the local men in the village, uh, but um, ignoring the other layers of the community. So then we started going to schools. Uh, we started um, uh, conducting these uh, three-hour total camps with kids um, along in, in schools along rivers because these are children whose parents uh, probably collect terrapin eggs for consumption. Mm-hmm. So we went, we started going to the schools, uh, we played games with them, we bought them packet drinks and cakes, we had activities, treasure hunt, colouring, and then we gave them prizes in the form of uh, stationery. And we were doing this um, for many years. Um, I think we have conducted more than 120 turtle camps. Wow, okay. Yeah, and we, I think we have reached out to 15,000 um, uh, local students. Hey, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you get them young, isn't it? And then they'll right. go back and tell their families, hey, don't do this, right? Right, yes. And um, after a few years, uh, I realized that hey, we are working with the men. Uh, we are also going to the school and playing with the kids. But there is another layer of community that we are not um, involving, mm. which is the women. Yeah. Right, we should have started with the women, right? Because if you want to change a community, you start with the women, right? <laughs> but I guess it was never too late. Uh, in, in 2019, um, we uh, initiated this uh, community empowerment program where we involved the ladies uh, in the local communities. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that was how our, our community-based uh, programs came about. Mm-hmm. And talk to me a little bit about the community-based programs that you've been working on with the women, especially. I think that's been a focus uh, these last two years and it's really quite expanded, isn't it? Um, it, it has. It has slightly expanded. Yeah, uh, in, I think you're being <laughs> modest. <la. laughs> in, in part due to uh, the pandemic, mm. uh, when, when we started pre-COVID in 2019, um, we did not know. I did not know what the women wanted. Right? They, don't, they don't come to me and tell me, mate, can I do this? Mate, can I do that? That would be too demanding of them, right? right. So I thought they might benefit from uh, uh, little workshops that I could uh, conduct with them. So I learned on YouTube how to make DIY lotion, DIY soap bars. And then I went to the, the villages and I taught these ladies how to make their own DIY soap. And I and I uh, pitched this idea to them and I said, hey, during your Kanduri Kawin, you could also give out these uh, soap bars, you know, as dog gifts. Uh, well, that's way better than giving out junk food in packets, right? Mm. Um, so the, 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 the ladies, they, they liked the idea, but they didn't love it. So that was it. Lah. You know, we, okay. we made some soap bars and that was it. And then one day, one of the ladies asked me, Meh, tak ada program menjahit ke? So she was asking me, don't you have a sewing program? Hmm. So that was when I realized that some of the ladies wanted uh, to be a part of a sewing program. They Maybe they want to learn sewing or maybe they have a little skill they want to make. Uh, they want to try to generate an income from their sewing skills. Hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, so that was when we started our pilot um, uh, program with 20 ladies uh, from the kampung uh, in a sewing program, in our first sewing program. So we now have 20 ladies, uh, about half of them sewing our turtle batik um, uh, into merchandise that we are selling. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. That's excellent. And you have a, a Shopee uh, page, you have a Shopee mm-hmm. shop, you have, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean, I am not going to lie, I'm a happy purchaser <laughs> of many of your products. Thank you. <laughs> I especially love um, the, the tag holder that you guys right, have. Right, right. Lanyard and the Lanyard. holder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys have diversified. I mean, there was masks. There's so many different things that you guys have actually come up with, which, mm-hmm. um, which in turn benefits the community, which then also stops them from uh, needing to sell eggs and things like that. That is sort of the relationship that we're talking about here, right? Uh, it is something like that. Uh, it's okay. just that the women don't actually collect terrapin eggs. Mm-hmm. But we want to show the ladies that um, to, to, to become financially independent mm-hmm. is also something that is achievable. Also okay. through our terrapin project. So there are many ways, you know, to, to, to make a living, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, sewing products out of our therapy batiks is one of those ways. And in this way, the ladies make an income. That's when we pay them, when we pick up the merchandise that they produce. And um, we, we sell them. So TCS also makes an income. Of course, I cannot lie about this. Yeah, of course. And, yeah. and when somebody buys our, our merchandise or when they gives it to a friend, uh, it also spreads awareness. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, so it's win, win, win. Exactly. And uh-huh. and they are supporting uh, their families as well, right? A really right. important yes. part of it as well. Everyone's yes. connected. Yes. I guess, I mean, you know, of all of these sorts of um, projects, you know, what, are, what do you say are some of the best management strategies uh, that are most effective in conserving our little river terrapins and our freshwater turtles? Management strategies. <laughs> I'm still learning. Okay. I'm still okay. learning to manage our small team. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. So it's a work in progress then, right. huh? It is definitely a work in progress, and I learn from the best people. I learn from uh, speaking with other managers of uh, NGOs. Mm-hmm. I learn from speaking with our interns, listening to their ideas, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it is it is a work in progress, and okay. we make changes along the way. So the good ones we take, the the bad ones, the not so good ones, we drop them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, like you said, you you learn from your mistakes. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how it goes, isn't it? And, right. And just going back to to your research and your conservation, I mean, you've been there now. Uh, I mean, TCS has been around now for what eleven years. You were saying, mm-hmm. correct? Um, mm-hmm. what are I mean, what what are what is making you hopeful? You know, what are some progress reports that you have for us uh, that that are making you hopeful in terms of you know the turtle numbers and things like that. Um, well, in terms of turtle numbers, we don't see them yet because uh, I mentioned earlier that these therapies take 20 years to, right. to mature, right? Mm-hmm. And our project is only 11 years old. So this means that the earliest therapies that we have released 11 years ago, they're probably only 11, 10, 11 years old now. Right. So I'm not seeing an increase in the number of nesters. Uh, therapies that come up to lay eggs yes just yet correct okay. but in the past decade uh, we have grown from um, uh, five men five local villages protecting one therapy nesting bank mm-hmm. to 14 local villages protecting four nesting banks now awesome yeah so we have grown in that manner and um I'm, I'm thrilled I'm very happy to say that uh, some of these local villages uh 
well, perhaps 11 years ago, they were uh, careful. They were wary of us. But uh, over the years, we have shown them that uh, we're truly here for the river terrapins. So it's okay to send these eggs uh, to us for incubation. <laughs> and uh, when we hatch them, we raise, we're going to raise them and we're going to release them into the river. So it has taken us uh, many years, you know, to gain the trust of the local villagers, to, to, to make a good rapport with them so that these things are possible. Okay. I mean, that's mm-hmm. excellent. Um, uh, that is huge progress, I feel. Um, right, it is huge. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we have also recently um, started working with the local, um, what do you call that? Um, Majlis Perbandaran Kemaman. Okay, okay. The local council, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have started working with them, uh, collaborating with MPK. Uh, well, more people, uh, meaning more more resources, right? Meaning yeah. more more brains when it comes to discussions, brainstorming sessions, and uh, coming up with solutions, right? Okay, right. Yeah, so uh, that, that, is, that is a very positive step ahead lah, rather than the NGO working alone. So we are working with the local council. Mm, okay mm-hmm. okay that's really i'm so happy to hear that and right. and, of, and of course you know you're leading so many um uh, education and, and community-based conservation so there's there's also like um, a chance for you know folks like me you know living in kl to come up and visit you you've got tours and things like that right uh, can you tell me a bit about that mm-hmm, right um so currently we have two kinds of tours um one is a physical tour that we have just uh, resumed after mm-hmm. a two-year hiatus oh, oh, uh, gosh. So it is a two-hour program because um, parents uh, who want to take kids uh, out to the East Coast or to come to Trungano or to the islands, uh, you probably don't have much time that you want to spend with us. You probably want to see other things, you know, eat Kropot uh, Leko and Sata here in Kemaman. So we have a short two-hour program that introduces our guests to therapies, uh, what we do here in the in the kampong. And if uh, they want to symbolically adopt and release a therapine or more, uh, then we take them to the riverbank to release their terrapins. So that is a, a physical in-person tour. Okay. Uh, but for, for those uh, who cannot find time or resources to visit us, we are also hosting uh, virtual tours. So we started hosting virtual tours since uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty popular, Juliet. Yeah. Uh, we have when well, we started with uh, hosting public tours. Uh, so it cons- the public tours consisted of um, different families, uh, sometimes individuals, sometimes families. Uh, we fix a date and then you sign up on our website. Hmm. And then over time, we were approached by uh, kindergarten school teachers. Okay. And then we were approached by corporate companies uh, who wanted us to do, uh, who wanted us to host a private tour just for their staff or for their uh, school kids. So, yeah, so this year we have been hosting mostly private tours. Okay. All right. uh-huh. So, those are current tours that the public can participate in. Okay. And, and so much they can learn, right? You show them how, basically, you show them the A to Z of how everything happens, right, for these river terrapins? We, we try to because I only have one hour during the virtual tour. So, okay. <laughs> maybe A to C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. we, we, we try to give uh, our, our, our guests, our audience, a glimpse of what they can get if they are able to come and visit us. But okay. if you cannot come and visit us, um, we also give you whatever we can uh, okay. over the air <laughs> okay. on our Excellent. virtual tours. Okay, all right. And if anyone's interested to do that, I mean, they just need to head to the website. Uh, everything is there, right? And your social media channels as well, I guess? Yes, everything is on our website. Okay, all right. And that's uh, turtleconservationsociety.org.my, yeah? Correct. 
so I guess, Pelf, you know, okay, you've explained all the different sort of uh, conservation efforts, but what are you guys uh, focusing on this year in particular when it comes to river terrapin conservation? Um, this year, uh, we have a, a research project that I'm collaborating with a researcher from uh, University of Malaysia, Trunganu. We want to determine uh, the pathogens that are found on um, uh, head-started terrapins as well as from wild terrapins. So what that means is that we will be swabbing the terrapins. We will swab their, their shell, their carapace. We will swab their mouth, their cloaca. And then we will develop a baseline set of data. So it's like when we go to the clinic, the doctors draw our blood, right? And they compare our blood uh, readings uh, to a set of uh, established standards. So what, we don't have a standard for the river terrapins. So that's what we are attempting to do this year, to develop a baseline set of data for the river terrapins. So that in future, if there are sick terrapins, we draw their blood, we have something to compare to. Otherwise, if a particular reading is high, we don't even know it's high, right? Because mm. we don't have anything to compare to. And we can compare that to a human blood. So that's what we are attempting to do this year. Okay, so it's, it's data collection also pretty much, uh, it, it right? Is, it is partly research, but mm -hmm. uh, in the longer term, it is for the conservation of terrapins too. Okay, all right. Well, I, thank you so much, Pal, for joining me today. Um, before I let you go, you know, like I said, it was it is World Turtle Day today. It was International Day for Biological Diversity just yesterday. Um, any message that you'd like to leave our listeners with when it comes to, you know, biodiversity and its importance? Um, my message, well, my message would be uh, now that the state borders are open, mm -hmm. um, if you can, if you can afford it, uh, please take time to volunteer with uh, these uh, uh, NGOs or uh, conservation projects that are near you because uh, things are picking up now. Um, I mean, not just for TCS, but I'm pretty sure many other NGOs are also you know, trying to pick up from where they left off two years ago. Mm -hmm. So we need additional manpower. Well, not just manpower, but sometimes we also need people who we can discuss things with people who can help us with our social media postings yeah so I encourage you to uh, reach out to a conservation project or to a non-profit organization near you and volunteer your time and services it will make a difference Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Pelf. And of course, you know, um, if anyone's interested to um, donate, it is uh, uh, tax, tax right. deductible. Sorry, tax yes. deductible. So uh, just get in touch with you. And of course, all your products are available on the Turtle Tales by TCS uh, Shopee page, yes, isn't it? Yes, just... we, we are on Shopee, yes. And our shop is called Turtle Tales by TCS. Okay, yes, there's lovely things there. There's bags, there's um, uh, caps, t-shirts, all sorts of things. Uh, just head to that if you would like to support or, you know, you can just get in touch with Pelf directly if you'd like to support uh, through donations. Thank you again for joining me today, Pelf. I've been speaking to Dr. Chen pelf Niok, co-founder of the Turtle Conservation Society of Malaysia. It was another episode of the ABCs of Biodiversity. We were talking about river terrapins and how basically it's really a community project to ensure their survival and their conservation. Again, just head to turtleconservationsociety.org.my for more information. And if you miss any part of today's interview, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.